Brother, you turned into white Open the eyes of the blind There's no one like you None like you Into the darkness you shine Into the darkness you shine so that we can see far uh, uh, in the future and in the dark. We, it lights up the darkness, but also it's a lamp to our feet that we don't stumble over anything here close and near to us. And the Word of God is our only guide by the power of the Holy Spirit. We trust you are well. I greet all the body of Christ, every believer and every friend and colleague and every associate. You are most welcome around the precious word of God. Amen. I speak tonight to you as a watchman. Amen. Our overall theme is biblical pictures of the kind of church God wants. Biblical pictures of the kind of church God wants. But tonight I wish to share more what is the prophetic word telling us today. What is God's emphasis today? Hallelujah. And let me say to you as I share, as a watchman, I am wildly awake by the grace of God, being in contact with other prophets, listening what the Spirit of God is saying to the churches. Hallelujah. Friends of Daniel Kingdom Church, please take very serious note and what was preached in the past, even about the countdown to the rapture, that you uh, revisit that and um, that you acquaint yourself and that it changed your life and your zeal for God. As Bishop Dag in the conference that we just had coming from Ghana, uh, Give Thyself Holy Conference, Bishop Dag laid emphasis on the fact as soon as the seed of the word is being preached, the birds of the air, Satan and his demons come to steal away the word of God. Therefore, in many believers' lives, the word of God has very little effect. Therefore, we need to repeat, uh, repeatedly listen to what we have heard and also I myself as a teacher, a prophet, a watchman, a blacksmith of the word of God try to repeat things from various angles because repetition is the mother of all learning. Tonight's theme is two trumpets out of the seven trumpets in the church, two of them are still in the future. Two of those seven trumpets is right here 
near us coming soon. Hallelujah. Amen. And I will point out that to you. And then also, if the time allows us, I will share with you eight reasons why we should long for the coming of the Lord, the rapture. Hallelujah. Amen. Which maybe would sound very strange to many other people, but the Bible lay emphasis on the longing, the waiting, the eagerly expectation of the coming. The word coming in Greek is parousia. The word means the presence of majesty, the presence of majesty. Hallelujah. And that presence will be made visible by the rapture that the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords is present in the air. And at the rapture, the church takes over the second heavens. And uh, you will know the Bible speaks of a new heaven and a new earth. If it speaks of a new heaven and a new earth, it's easy for us to understand that the earth or the world, we need a new world, a new earth. That's easy to understand. But why a new heaven? Because Satan has set his kingdom up in the second heavens and it's the church's main purpose. And main duty to remove the devil out of the second heavens. That's the church's highest calling. Apart from being the bride of Christ, the Lord wants the church to be militant, a army that overthrows Satan and casts him out of the second heavens. Therefore, the devil don't want us to long for the Lord's coming. Because uh, that's the first major thing, reason why we should long for his coming. And Satan resists us to think, to pray, to live for that rapture. Because it keeps him longer in governing the world out of the second heavens. He is safe there because through there he keeps the church blind, earthbound, worldly. Therefore, Second Corinthians chapter 4 verse 4 says that the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers. What is his name there? The God of this world. In other words, it makes the Christians worldly. It caused the Christians to live for the immediate and not for the eternal values. Faith in a nutshell is to live for the eternal, is to live for the unseen, is to live for God's purposes. But the devil throws sand in our eyes so that we lose faith and we just want a kind of faith for more riches, more cars, for more wealth, for a better comfortable life in this world, which will come our way, but through faith. Hallelujah. Amen. It's through faith. And faith says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all those things that we long for, the Lord will add it to you. Seek ye first the kingdom of God means that God, the king, must get first priority. 
The dominion of that king must get first priority. Hallelujah. Amen. So he should be the Lord of lords of your life. And the king of kings. The judge of judges. The prime minister of prime ministers. The president of all presidents. The Lord Jesus Christ. We live for him. Ephesians chapter 3. When it comes to casting out the devil and his fallen angels out of the second heavens. Ephesians 3 says, This is the eternal purpose of God. And he made it with this intent that through the church we must display to the principalities uh, 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 in the second heavens. We must display his manifold wisdom. Hallelujah. Read Ephesians 3. It's the eternal purpose. Amen. In other words, this purpose was conceived and came from God before the world began. Hallelujah. Before the world began, this was the purpose. And Satan does everything in his power to keep the church blind earthbound, worldly, chasing wrong things and not being, I have eyes open, but staying blind and poor and naked. Do you hear what the word of God is saying tonight? Amen. So my brother and sister, friends of Daniel Kingdom Church, we want to be like Sadra, Misak and Abednego. And like Daniel, we want to be part of that remnant. This is the call of your pastor. In fact, this is the month of September. It's the the month spiritually for me of new birth. Because after nine months of pregnancy of a woman, she gives birth. Amen. And I must tell you, me, my wife, our church, we're about also to launch. We will tell you. But here's the name of the thing and the, 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 the calling of your pastor. Hallelujah. It is arming and anointing an apostolic remnant for the kingdom. In brief, it will be called Ark. Ark with the K at the end because we long to see the ark of God back in the tabernacle of Moses where the where it is Zion. We long we cannot go on with the systems of souls and soul and real and Christian them any longer. Can I give you again in brief? It is ark called ark, but it means arming. An anointing, an apostolic remnant for the kingdom. How powerful is that? Arming, an anointing, an apostolic remnant for the kingdom. Hallelujah. This is the month of birth. Therefore, I am compelled by the Spirit of God to do just that. At my 60th birthday, an apostle prophesied in front of many great men of God in Cape Town. And he says, Edgar, the anointing of Joshua is upon you. I don't want to say much, he said, but God tells me. As they feared Moses, so they will fear you as a Joshua. And I will now make your name great. 
and you will lead a remnant. But that prophecy confirmed what I received many years ago while the word remnant was not even popular. Through my spiritual father, Watchmanee, I read uh, about the remnant studying in our dining room and I heard a voice saying to me, I got up like Kenneth Hagen, thought it was a voice in the room and I thought, who's speaking to me? And the Lord says, Edgar, I'm keeping you for last to raise up for me a remnant. Hallelujah. To raise up and keeping me for last because I was at that time busy studying the book of Watchmanee, changing into his likeness. And in the book, he described the calling of Peter, the calling of James, the calling of, of Paul, and lastly, the call of John, who wrote Revelation and who was the last apostle alive. And God said to John, God said to him, a, 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 a remnant of overcomers will come out of the seven churches. And I heard a voice saying to me in the room, you are like John. You will raise up an army of oh, a remnant army of overcomers. This time is long overdue. Forgive me, Lord, for being so slow and allow intimidation and all of that to manipulate. But here we are by the grace of God. Romans 11 verse 5, it says there, at the present time, at the present time, God says, I have a remnant chosen by grace. Romans 11 verse 5, I have a remnant at the present time chosen by grace. It will be a remnant of overcomers because in the seven letters to the seven churches in Revelations 2 and 3, do you hear me? It, uh, the letter is written to the, to the angel of the church, the messenger of the church. But God says, he who has an ear at the end of each letter, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. He who overcome, I give you this. It's not all in those churches that will overcome. It will be a remnant of overcomers. They will be militant in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me show you when it comes to the trumpets that 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 50 and 50 to 52 it says the rapture will take place at the last trumpet in a twinkling of an eye in a moment of time. When is that at the last trumpet? These trumpets are not the same as the trumpets in Revelations, those seven trumpets. The church has different, different trumpets. Do you hear me? But they can be likened to those trumpets because those trumpets in Revelation will go off and will sound in the great tribulation after the seven seals that will fully be open in the great tribulation, with the great tribulation that will take place after the rapture. Do you hear me? And after the seven seals will come seven trumpets, 
and out of the seven trumpets will come seven plagues. That is in the great tribulation. But Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, the church's rapture will be in a twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. So the last trumpet of the church will be the seventh trumpet. Do you hear me? A trumpet comes. Let me tell you also what will happen at the last trumpet. Because verse 26, 25 and 26 of 1 Corinthians 15, it says there Jesus must reign until the last enemy is under his feet. And that enemy is death. And even at the last trumpet, the rapture is a final knockout blow to the enemy called death. Because it will be thousands and millions of believers that leaves the earth without first going to the grave. They will leave like Enoch and Elijah alive from planet earth to heaven. And that will be the final blow to the devil because visibly worldwide... The devil will be shown openly ashamed and defeated because that is the last enemy, death. But death has many forms and all its forms will be defeated by the church. Hallelujah! Before the, the, the rapture, the last trumpet, may these forms of death will be conquered. Spiritual death. It means all sinners are spiritually dead. And therefore, before the last trumpet, a huge harvest. Millions of people will get born again and get saved. Because spiritual death will be defeated. Sin that is the, the germ and the poison towards death will be defeated. Do you hear me? And even death preaching will be defeated. Death worship will be defeated. Death uh, 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 prayer will be defeated. Can I mention to you, sickness that's a form of death will be defeated. Incurable diseases will be defeated, whether it's AIDS, whether it's cancer, whether it's a pandemic or a virus or, or ep ep epidemic, or they will all be destroyed and defeated. Do you hear me? Demons will be defeated. Fallen angels will be defeated over communities where there's a Zion church with the ark of God and where there is a remnant to the glory of God. Why a remnant? Because everybody are not prepared to take up their cross. Everyone is not prepared to pay the price for the anointing and for this power and for this wisdom, it's a spiritual wisdom. It's not a wisdom that comes through degrees or doctrine. 
doctorates or professors or by a university. It comes to babes and sucklings. As Luke chapter 10 verse 18 says, the Bible says the apostles returned and said, Lord, demons are subject to us in your name. You see, professors and doctors and scientists, that cannot drive out demons. That cannot break the power of sin. That cannot preach the gospel with power. Do you hear me? It, it demands the anointing. It demands death to yourself. Therefore, it is utter foolishness with it is important education. Moses was educated and many others like Paul, but Peter and many of them were just fishermen, but they moved just like Moses and Paul because Moses and Paul's wisdom of the world only kicked in as it was refined by the cross and by the anointing so that they can give measurements of the temple to the millimeter and all of that, but otherwise your education, your degree, it is useless for the kingdom of God. Your education, your degree might give you place in the soul type of church. And the church that is a backslidden church, you might get positioned there, but you are not of a spiritual quality and weight and content. Your content is not what God wants in the church. Therefore, the Bible says the five of the ten virgins, they were foolish. Do you hear me? In other words, you peel from the world like a virgin. You say, I don't go to bicycle, I don't go to drive-ins, I don't commit adultery, I don't go to worldly places, uh, I am just a couch sitter, I go once in a while to church, and I love the Lord Jesus, but you love Him more as a Savior than being your Lord. Do you hear me? He cannot boss you. He cannot control you. He is not. He, he, uh, as Second Timothy chapter 3. It says in the last days, these will, this will be Christianity, a godliness without power. They will have four loves, lovers of self, 2 Timothy 3 says. Lovers of money, number two. Number three, lovers of entertainment in the church. Church must not be longer than an hour. If the preacher preach more than half an hour, you get frustrated. You look at your watch you've, because you don't have any appetite. You don't get excited. You say, get done because I heard this already and it sounds interesting and nothing changed in your life. You are full of sermonettes and 20 minutes or 15 minutes of preaching, it's enough. Do you hear me? Cars are parked so that we can leave church as quick as possible. No intimate fellowship. Do you hear me? My God, this is powerless Christianity. I speak as a watchman. I speak as a prophet. I tell you, this coronavirus, this COVID-19 is not from God, but God allows it to expose the church in their weakness, 
in their quality of building with wood, hay, and straw. Many are backslidden. Many are losing members. Do you hear me? Many are weak and have nothing on with the Lord and cannot tune even to this because they are and full of pride and listen to preaching only for material for their own little sermons to sound very impressive, to sound full of knowledge and cannot even acknowledge a spiritual father or the source of where it comes from. Do you see this? The set of books, 60 books of Bishop Dag Hewitt Mills, a general in the army of God. Do you hear me? I will quote my spiritual fathers. Bless God for them. Hallelujah. Amen. The mantles of men of God in the past. Hallelujah. What great and mighty shoes we have to fill. And their prayers hang like a cloud in the heavens. Soon to be released in the last mighty move of God. I say, lovers of self, lovers of money, uh, under the guise of godliness, like Lot. Lot, when he went to Sodom, Lot said it looked like the Garden of Eden. But he was after the material things of the world. When they had to leave Sodom, they had to drag him out there. Because Lot and Sister Lottie, who played, I don't know if she played Lotto, but she was Sister Lottie. She turned around and, and Lot lost his children also for the world. Many pastors, many in the church are worldly. They have lost even their children to the world. World, being in the band but no heart when the preaching started what's the band they sit there aimless they wonder when can it get done or some of them go to the toilet some sit outside of the church some sit in, and they are on their cell phones busy man this is the modern church I'm generalizing out of this must come a remnant. I'm in Second Timothy. Lovers of self. Lovers of money. Lovers of entertainment. Of pleasure. And third, fourthly, lovers of powerless godliness. They deny the power of godliness. Fifthly, democratic church. That's in chapter 4 in Second Timothy. Where the Bible says they, these, they select teachers and preachers after their own desires. Do you hear the word of the Lord? In other words, you don't tell me. We don't like you to preach like that to us. We want to be entertained. We want to be stroked. We want to be pampered. We want to go out here feeling good about ourselves. You are bringing something and calling us up to a higher standard. You don't hear it's money preaching. It is good feeling preaching. It is motivational talks. Men and the people love it. And messes run to it. 59 minute church messes run to it. Out of that, the remnant will come. Then two things. First Timothy chapter 3, Paul says, avoid such people. 
Wow. Avoid. In other words, get away from them because they will think you an extreme. There's something wrong with you. They will attack you. Out of them will come the Antichrist. Do you hear the word of the Lord? First John chapter 2 verse 18. Read there further. Paul will say they went out from us. Because they, John will say because they were not of us. But some remain in the church. He says they are, they are coming an Antichrist says John. But there are many Antichrists. What does Antichrist mean? They've got anti means in the place of Christ. They have something else that drives them of main importance and higher priority than Christ Jesus. Do you hear me? And number two, Antichrist means against the anointing. Because Christ means anointed. Thirdly, against the Messiah. Because Christ means the Messiah. You get an anti-Semitic spirit in the church. An anti-Jew and an anti-Israel spirit. The blindness. Paul warned us against such a spirit. It brings a curse. Because the Lord said to Abram, those who curse your seed, I will curse. Those who bless your seed, I will bless them. Do you hear? And it doesn't matter what the Jews is like today. You read in Romans chapter 9 to 11. The Lord says they are my people. Because of their forefathers. Abram, Isaac and Jacob. What they did for God. And your Daniel. And your Elijah. And your Isaiah. And your David. And your Solomon. And your Elijah. And your Peter and your Paul who are they they are all Jews and who is your savior he's the lion out of the tribe of 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 who of 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 Judah hallelujah hallelujah we the more bless by blessing Jesus warned the Samaritan woman who is a type of the weak church he said you must remember that salvation is of the Jews. He warned her. Wow. And she had five husbands. And the one she was living with. Was not a husband. It speaks. The Samaritan speaks of the church. Who is a mixed people. You will see even the Lord says. After they, uh, the people came out. Uh, uh, as he witnessed about Jesus. They asked him to stay there and he stayed two days. The two days speaks of the 2,000 years that the church will be on the earth. But remember, she had five husbands. It means the fivefold ministry disappointed her. It was only what they could get out of her. And they left her like that. Wow. Do you hear me? How many in the fivefold ministry abuse the church to fly around the world? L.A., JFK Airport, Heathrow Airport, Amsterdam, more out of the world, out of the church and away from the church, being everywhere else, made for two months. Man, how can it be? Bishop Ogo, a bishop of, of, of uh, in their pastor, Bishop Dag's church, 
when he came here uh, to come and preach here in Cape Town, he said, you are actually disturbing me because I want to be at my church. I want to be at my church. This is not what I'm here for. I want to be at my church, my people. Man, that's a shepherd. That's a man of God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Yes. So the foolish virgins. Let me get there. Matthew chapter 25. I will just run tonight through the five trumpets. The f- because there's a trumpet in Matthew 25. It says, they all fell asleep. And I tell you, we must acknowledge when it comes to the rapture, the whole church fell asleep. Hey, it's only after 9-11 and this COVID-19 that you should wake up and the church is waking up and said, is this the end? Is this the coming of the Lord? And many, the majority, are still sleeping. Hey, a great man of God, David Wilkerson, I think he passed away in 2011 or two, yes, I think so. Great, he brought Nicky Cruz, a great gangster to the Lord and many others. He's a, you must listen to his preaching. Man, he's got a sermon. The trumpet is blowing, but no one is alarmed. Hey, do you hear me? The, the trumpet speaks of the alarm. It's going off. But no one wakes up. Or you wake up and you press the button of the alarm off. So I don't want to hear this. Man, there are many, even with this COVID trumpet, are already asleep. Therefore, God instructed me. I could have preached two other things which I wanted to preach tonight. But he said, you share this as a watchman. Watchman, how far is the night? Isaiah 22 says. He says, the morning comes and also the night. What do you want to say? I'm blowing the trumpet. Hallelujah. You go read in Isaiah 56. I think it's verse 10. God complained about those who should have been his watchmen. He says, my watchmen, they are asleep. They slumber. They are like dumb dogs, unable to bark. Then he says, they are full of wine. They run, they greedy dogs. My God, have mercy on us. And in Ezekiel he says, if the watchman don't warn the people, their blood will be on his hands. I am doing what the Lord wants me to do. I'm back in Matthew 25. Are you part of the remnant? Because the five virgins, what makes the difference between the wise and the foolish? Or what is foolishness in that case? It's you who want to live Christianity without fighting, without realizing we're in a war. A war against your own flesh. A war against this world, this Christian backslidden world, the Babylonian system of church politics. Do you hear me? The war against demons that don't that steal the appetite for your prayer. 
the war against fallen angels, the war against intimidation of Jezebel, the war against Delilah, the war against the spirit of Antichrist. Please tune in Thursday because I go further speaking on spiritual warfare and I want to show you eight enemies of the cross that you unstop, you must regular, persistently fight those enemies to stay sharp, to stay on the battlefield. You need to constantly fight in the name of the Lord. But those who are, are, are of the foolish words, they don't feel a fight. They don't feel a battle. They don't feel. They will say, my God, what is wrong with the pastor? It's because they have a crossless Christianity. My God, they have no anointing. The five wise. What made them wise? It's the oil, the anointing, the Holy Spirit, the sevenfold spirit, the gifts of the spirit. The, the, the Bible says Isaiah chapter 10 verse 27. It's the anointing that breaks the yoke. My God. It's the, and, and there are about 12 anointings. 12. Listen to me. About 12 oils, men, and many of the men of God of yesteryear carries mantles that you should chase after as I chase after the great mantle upon Bishop Dag Hewitt Mills, who has over 4,000 churches full of fire. I need to chase after. They don't need to chase after me. You need to hear the voice even in my voice. And stop judging by the looks and the outward appearance. And even superiority of speech. You should not. Paul says, I did not come to you in superiority of speech. But I came in demonstration of power and the spirit. Hallelujah, that only comes through a lifestyle, a crucified lifestyle. Hallelujah, I'm now finishing off Matthew 25 because it's important. And the Bible says they had reserve oil and it was midnight. I tell you, it is according to the trumpets. I tell you, it's past midnight. I tell you, midnight for the church happened 9-11, 20 years ago. Do you hear me? Praise God. The 20th anniversary of 9-11 is next, not this Friday, next Friday the 11th. Do you hear? The 20th. But 9-11, 2001, that was midnight. Hey, do you hear me? And from there, the remnant was selected by God and are still busy in training under anointing and also under blacksmiths, men that, 
that develop weapons of friends of Daniel Kingdom Church. I speak to every one of you to take me and the word of God very serious. You need to cut out all distractions and entanglements, wrong relationships. Cut it off. Do you hear me? And get focused and pray until you have a breakthrough in your prayer life and stick with it. Don't be through and every time uh, come down, stay there. Fight for it. Fight to be anointed. Fight for your prayer life. Fight for the secret place. Stay there. After a while, it's not anymore a fight. It's like a runner who is regularly running. You will think it's for him a struggle. He will say, no, this is second nature. This is just flowing. Hallelujah. This is true. But you need to, just like a runner, to get that, that, that burn in your chest away. To get your ankles, your knees strong. It takes a bit of time. But once you through, you through. Hallelujah. But you need to fight for it. Then you need to protect it. Here is the scripture. First Peter chapter 4 verse 7. It says, the end of all things is at hand. Therefore be sober and alert unto prayer. Do you hear the word of God? That first Peter chapter 4 verse 7. The end of all things is at hand. Be therefore watchful, alert, sober. For what purpose Peter? To pray. Amen. Because prayer break you out. Praying in tongues. I taught you to have a regular long periods of praying in tongues. Maybe once or twice in the week a longer period. But you have to have at least, we friends of Daniel Kingdom Church, I want you at least 21 minutes a day, but at least a half an hour to pray. Hallelujah. Maybe 21 minutes praying in tongues and the other nine minutes listening to preaching or reading an anointed scripture. We are reading in Psalms now. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. That's a word for those whom I am directly responsible. Friends of Daniel Kingdom Church. Do you hear the word of the Lord? Do you hear the bridegroom is coming? The bridegroom is coming. And for those who think, why must we long for his coming? Listen, there's something wrong. If you are engaged to get married and you don't look forward for the marriage. How can you love Jesus and you don't look forward to meet the bridegroom? Wow, do you hear me? Man, you need to be top, on the top of your game. Some ladies go on a diet. Others look after their skin. Others work and uh, dress and to the tea, to the kind of shoe, to the kind of hairdo, to the kind of makeup, the, the, the suit for the man. Man, our bridegroom Jesus. He's on his way. Hallelujah. And that keeps you pure. I give you already three. 
reasons why you should long for the rapture. Number one, it keeps you pure. Number two, it keeps your heart where it should be. Eyes for the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus says in the book of Song of Songs, my bride has dove's eyes. A dove can only look at a single object at the time. What it means, dove's eyes. Your eyes should be on the Lord Jesus Christ. As a man said to me years ago when I was still very young, even before I went full-time, I, was, I, I bought all my stuff at a certain shop in Woodstock. And then he said, he correct me, he says, every time when you buy a, a shirt or a, or a jersey or a pants, uh, trousers or shoes, you say, okay, this I can wear Wednesday to prayer meeting. This is for youth and this is for Sundays. He says, man, you cannot just live for church. Then I realize that's my eyes. My eyes are like dove's eyes up till today. Everything, car, house, everything centers around him. Hallelujah. First purity, dove's eyes. Thirdly, the devil don't like the coming of the Lord. It will be the end of him in the second heavens. Fourthly, it will be the beginning of his doom. He knows. He knows when the rapture has taken place. He's out of the second heaven. He don't have much time left. It, uh, when the chains will be put around him. And he will be locked up in the abyss. In the pool of brimstone and fire. The devil hates the end. The devil. Therefore he let the church become weak. And backslidden and worldly and never speaks about the rapture, but this COVID and 9-11 before that. This was in Matthew 25. A wake-up call. Here comes the bridegroom. Wake up. But only half, and I think far less than half of the church is waking up. Can I give you the first trumpet of the seven trumpets? Let me rush to show you the first trumpet, as I pointed out in my past teachings. Are you with me? Was the, Call it Martin Luther's trumpet, because it's the trumpet of the Reformation. This Reformation restored repentance towards priesthood. Do you hear me? Hallelujah. That's the first. Reformation means to go back to its original state. Hallelujah. And before Martin Luther, it was generally that the whole world was under the Roman Catholic Church government with the popes and all of that. Hey, do you hear the word of the Lord? They call it the dark ages. Dark in the sense of the revelation and the light of God, the truth of God were rare and scarce until Martin Luther uh, a Roman Catholic monarch, discover in the Bible, a man shall be saved by faith and faith alone in the Lord Jesus Christ and repented, got born again and then the Protestant move start. Protestant doesn't mean so much against but for, pro means for the truth, for the truth and he was marginalized 
and many much blood was shed by the Roman Catholic Church, killing so-called heretics and people that went with the truth. Do you hear the word of the Lord? At that time, men after Martin Luther, like William Booth, came and with the Salvation Army, the Moravian move, the John Wesley and Finney's and all of that. But the second trumpet was 1904 Azusa Street. The Pentecostal move was born. 1904. These are trumpets. These are things that, that's loud and clear to the world. Uh, Martin Luther, his move, it's still, the separation is still there. Do you hear the word of the Lord? It was alarming. It was an alarm going off. Pentecost Azusa Street, where uh, God used a man with the name of uh, William Seymour, a black man, starting first. Tongue speaking was gone. And here it happens in Azusa Street, 1904. It was a watershed. It was an alarm going off. It was a trumpet. The, pin, the people thought these people were mad. There's something wrong here. And out of that Azusa Street came men like John G. Lake to South Africa. With starting a mighty move of God in 2008. Amen. Out of that move, I'm speaking and just show you some mentals that we, I told, spoke to you about William Booth, Salvation, and Charles Finney, the Moravian move. All of these and John Wesley, if they should come back, these leaders, they will never join these churches that they started because it's backslidden people today. Do you hear? But here are men. Even John G. Lake won't join the denomination that was started. And men like Alexander Dowie under the Pentecostal move. Men that were so powerful. William Branham, even before we went astray. A.A. Allen was called them Mr. Miracles. Man, hallelujah. Smith Wigglesworth raised over 20 people from the dead. Man, Oral Roberts, Kenneth Hagen. Aye, T.L. Osborne, do you hear? The, and, and teachers like Derek Prince and Watchman Nee and many, many more. Hallelujah. Praise God. Mighty men of God under this Azusa Street with the charismatic movement. The fourth trumpet or the third one was the rebirth of Israel, 1948, 1948. And 1967, the Six-Day War, when the whole Jerusalem came under Israel's government, 1967. Why is it called the Six-Day War? It's important because it happened six days that Israel conquered the enemy. And you know the Six-Day, you read Genesis chapter 1 and 2, you will see the Six-Day. Wow, what important. It will tell you. That was a watershed. It, how can people, after nearly 2,000 years, out of their land, still stay a people? It was a miracle. Hallelujah. Israel is a big alarm, a big trumpet. Number four nine, is 
9-11 is nine, uh, 11th of September 2001. That was a huge trumpet when the Twin Towers fall. I remember hearing it on the news that an aeroplane flew into the Twin Towers in New York. And I put on the TV quickly and there I saw 15 minutes after that, here comes the other plane flowing, flying into the other Twin Tower. It was a woe moment for the world. Do you hear the word? Where do you find this in the Bible? I'm speaking of the trumpets. This is the fourth trumpet. Please read in Isaiah chapter 30 verse 25 where the Bible and the whole of Isaiah chapter 30. It will speak clearly to you. The Bible says when the towers fall, there came a great slaughter. Do you hear me? Isaiah 30 verse 25 verse 13 will tell you the fire started in the high place, not under the ground. The fire started on the top. Verse 13 will tell you. Verse 18 will tell you. God says repent. It's time for the world to repent and America to repent. Do you hear the word of the Lord? God says, I long to be gracious to you in Isaiah 30. Please read of the Twin Towers and 9-11 also in Isaiah chapter 9 verse 10. He will say that the bricks came down. Do you hear me? The bricks came down. But we say we will build up again. In other words, we will be defiant. My God, it was a call to the remnant. Why do I say that? Because a great man of God, Rick Joyner, he got the word after the 9-11, he got the word, these are the four winds that is starting to blow. The four winds of Revelation chapter 7. And the four winds, here it is. Do you hear me? Because those men took four of America's aeroplanes, aircrafts, and use it to bring destruction to America itself. The first plane was on its way to the White House. That was the government wind. They diverted it and took it to Pennsylvania. Then it went there and crashed. But it was on its way. That's the government wind. And the second wind was. The plane was on its way. To the Pentagon in America. Which is the headquarters. Of the military might of America. Do you hear? That's the military wind. The third wind. Is the one that flew into the Twin Towers. There in New York. It's the economical wind. Do you hear the money wind? Because the federal bank is there of the United States. Man, and the fourth wind, these men did it in the name of their God. That is the religious wind. The God of Allah, the God of Muhammad, the God of, of the mostly of the Arabs to, and in the world. Do you hear me? That is the religious wind. But in Revelation 7, 
God says, hold unto those winds. And you will see in chapter 9 where those winds will be released. It will be at the Euphrates River where Iran and Iraq is. And the Bible says the hour, the minute, the day and the month. The God knows exactly when the wind, the economical wind, where the economical structures of the world will fall apart. Where the military wind will blow, where there will be wars unleashed that the world never expected. And then the government wind will be governments fall apart. May God save South Africa with the corruption going on here. And do you see the problems in the United States of America? Even David Wilkerson prophesied about fires that will be in California and in New York. It is happening right now. The trumpets is blowing. The, 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 oh, the, the lawlessness, the burning of buildings. It's happening right now. Breaking structures of law and order. It's happening right now in our country. That the devil is against those in government and even our 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 our, 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 our as a, as a chief justice, a man born again, the devil is attacking and attacking pastors and leaders and bringing death and chaos. That is the government wind and the religious wind, whether it's ISIS. The world is getting scared of the spirit of the religion of the Arabs killing, beheading people. Antichrist spirits. Do you hear? But the Lord says those winds are withhold. Do you hear the trumpets? Do you? Are you alarmed? Are you waking up? I'm nearly closing, but I want to leave you with the fifth trumpet. It's the COVID 19. You can read of them, of this COVID-19 in Isaiah 24. Please read the whole chapter. But the first verse in Isaiah 4 will say, The earth stands astonished, shocked. And then it will say that the, 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 the boss is like the worker. It will tell you the playing field is level. It will tell you there the idols of the world cannot help them. The rich man, the clever man can do nothing. It's this pandemic. It's this virus. Verse 6 and verse 10 will tell you the, the doors of the houses are locked. No one in the street. You will find there and you will find that God is shaking the olive tree, which is the church. God is shaking the olive tree, which is the church under this coronavirus is Isaiah 45, the 45th president of the United States of America, Donald Trump. Isaiah 45 will tell you that he will give Jerusalem its official status of the eternal city of, the, of Israel. Isaiah 45, Isaiah 44 into Isaiah 45. There's even a coin uh, 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 in, in, in Israel today on the one side Cyrus and the other side the head of Donald Trump. 
Do you hear me? No matter what Donald Trump is or whatever, but it's a trumpet. His name is a trumpet. And the man that was first acknowledging Israel as a state in 1948 was Harry Truman. There you have another trumpet, Harry Truman. Man, and where does this virus come from? Or let me first say, Jerusalem in the middle is the word USA. My God. And it was the USA with Israel now that caused peace uh, to come with an Arab state. The third only in the history. The UAE. The United Arab Aramis, uh, uh, Aramids. Just yesterday. Just yesterday. Emirates, sorry. The United Arab Emirates. Do you hear me? Just now, yesterday, it happened full-fledged after Jordan and Egypt. This is the third. What is happening? Is anyone there alarmed? Are there anybody that wakes up? No. The Bible says, Isaiah 56, my watchmen are like dumb dogs that cannot bark. They are greedy. They are full of strong wine. They don't warn the people of God. Where does this virus come from? Originated there in China. As Donald Trump called it the China virus. Do you hear? And China is the land of the dragon. In Revelation chapter 12. It's the dragon that stood before the woman. And try to prevent the birth of the remnant. The birth of the overcomers. My brother and sister from 9-11-2001. The Lord out of that fire, four wings. In Revel- sorry, Revelation 7. Sorry that I speak like this. The Lord says, hold unto that. Hold unto those wings until I mark on the forehead a remnant. 12,000 out of every tribe of Israel that will happen in the great tribulation. But the spirit of the great tribulation is here. The Lord is busy now marking since 9-11 for the, the, the 20 years. He's marking the remnant. Do you hear the word of the Lord? And Revelation 12, it's the dragon that try to prevent the growth of the remnant, that they will become anointed, that they will become militant. Men, because the devil knows, the dragon knows, the red dragon, the Bible call it the red dragon. And you get red China. Do you hear what God is? Is it clear? Do you have an ear that can hear? Do you have eyes that can see? You need to take God's true watchmen. You need to take them serious to the glory of God. Lastly, even before I leave COVID-19, do you see the mask that we have to wear? Put the, take the S away and put the, put the R there. You will see it's a forerunner for the mark. Hey, where is the mask? It's to keep our mouth closed. It's, the, it's this attack upon the charts 
to keep us silent, to keep us quiet, to not preach. Man, the devil is a liar and his mother-in-law. My God. And where do they test for your, for your temperature, your forehead, or your hand? If you don't wake up now, that the Bible says the mark of the beast, triple six, will be put on the forehead and on the hand. It's not literal. The forehead means the, it will change your mindset, the way you think, the way you plan. And, and your hand means everything you do. You cannot go into a shop without having your mask. You cannot leave your house without you. And soon after this, the real thing will come. Where no one can buy or sell without the mark. Of the beast. Are you awake? Does the trumpet. Is it clear? And let me just highlight to you. The last two. And I'll, and I'll labor it more next week. On, on Tuesday. The, the sixth trumpet. That we wait for. Is the great outpouring. Of the Holy Spirit. With all these mantles of the past. Great men of God. With a huge harvest of souls. But let me say to you. It will only come to those who have repented. And turned from their sins. And submit themselves to the Lordship of Jesus. And follow the mantles of great men of God. Fathers. Spiritual fathers. Under their Mentals, true, not made, not having fathers because of their money, not having fathers because they will bring you on the stage and that. No, that is a fallacy, that is a lie, that is deception. You need to know much truth comes into the hands of carnal men. Mercy. And the seventh trumpet will be dominion, the kingdom, where all forms of death will be conquered. Even the dead will be raised. Hallelujah. Resurrection life is the last trumpet. And the end of will be the last trumpet. The rapture. I'm closing by reminding you Matthew 25. What must you do? You need to become wise like the five wise virgins. How do you get that wisdom, Pastor Edgar? By taking up your cross. Because 1 Corinthians chapter 1 says, the preaching of the cross or the living of the cross, it is to the Jews, it is a stumbling block. And to the Greeks, the wise in the church with degrees, it is utter foolishness. But to us who believe, it is two things. It's the wisdom of God and it is the power of God. What does that mean? In your everyday life, you must live a crucified life with your eyes on the bridegroom. Do you hear the word of the Lord? Amen. And then after taking up your cross, it also means the anointing. Because these five virgins, their lamps were full of oil. And their eyes was on the bridegroom. Therefore God has instructed me. 
in a humble, in all humility, and with much grace, please keep me, my wife, our family in prayer. But I have been called this September, the ninth month. I just announce it to you and to the body of Christ. Amen. In my little way, I need to make this contribution to bring the ark back. To y'all bringing the ark back. Away from the Philistines. Away, Saul don't long for the ark. That kind of system of church, they will fight the Davids. Do you hear the word of the Lord? And what does the abbreviation ark means? It means arming and anointing an apostolic remnant for the kingdom. Arming and anointing an apostolic remnant for the kingdom. May God bless you. May you trim your lamps. It is past midnight. I hope these alarms went off. The trumpets went off. Are you alarmed? Are you awake? Are you out of your spiritual slumber and sleep? And are you getting wise through the cross and filled with the Holy Spirit? Receive the blessing of the Lord. Now may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit rest upon you. May the God of Abram, Isaac and Jacob be with you. May you give your heart to the Lord Jesus and fully repent from the world and all idols and fully surrender yourself completely to Jesus Christ. The God of Abram, Isaac and Jacob bless you. May his angels guard over you as you pursue to be part of the remnant and as you submit to the trumpets of God and to the watchman and Jesus Christ, the chief prophet, the wonderful, wonderful God and Savior, our Lord Jesus Christ. God bless you. Amen. Water you turned into wine Open the eyes of the blind There's no one like you None like you Into the darkness you shine Into the darkness you shine Out in the eyes